This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. All right, everyone, this is Get a Load of This Trucking. This is your host, Cameron Pesci, founder and owner of Valley Trucking Insurance. So as always, this podcast is driven by Valley Trucking Insurance. Today, I've got special co-host with me, Thomas Comstock. He's a producer with me at Valley Trucking. What up, Thomas? Hey, guys. How's everybody doing today? Good. Um, today's podcast is going to be badass. We've got a couple guys and they're changing the way the trucking game is being played and implementing from a bunch of different standpoints. So I'm really excited to dig into this because I think it's going to be full of value. And these are just two cool guys that we have partnered with and look forward to doing business with down the road. So today I've got special guest John and special guest Johnny. So they're business partners. John, Johnny, welcome. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing great. Good. I'm glad to have you guys on here. So uh, let's start with John, and uh, we'll get a little bit of an introduction from you. Um, let's hear you know, a little bit about what you guys got going. Tell us a little bit about Synergy Solutions, so 30,000-foot um, view, so that our listeners kind of understand what you guys do. Yeah, so we're uh, we're, we're managing, uh, or I'm managing partner for Synergy Solutions. I... We started Synergy Solutions really um, to provide support in the safety um, aspect of the transportation industry. Um, we found that there's a huge gap in the uh, in the industry when it comes to safety, and and most companies either don't know how to implement a safety program or have the knowledge or the ability or the capacity to implement a safety program. So we we started Synergy Solutions to become the capacity for these these business owners that really need a safety program, but just don't have the time or the ability to uh, to implement a safety program. Um, we do everything safety management related, camera management, policies and procedures uh, development, training, training development. Um, uh, coaching uh, supervisors how to be more effective coaches in the industry and and we even get uh, down into some business consulting as well and teach trucking companies how to be more profitable because um, it all it all affects your your safety program uh, whether we realize it or not so yeah um, profit's a big deal yeah. especially for trucking companies and business owners alike so uh yeah I, like i said i'm excited to unpack a lot of this hey one of the questions and coin questions that we've got on here since we're dealing with truckers and the trucking industry is what would your if you don't already have one cb handle name be so we were we were prepared for this from watching <laughs> the, the podcast and uh, you know, I was talking with my wife about some of these these CB handles, and she threw some out at me that I don't know if we should use on this podcast or not. But um, <laughs> bring it. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the one out there that made her chuckle the most. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna roll with peaches, 
And the reason peaches is because I'm round, juicy, plump, <laughs> and I'm covered in fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man, that'll be great. I absolutely love that. And um, tell your wife thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll 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 appreciate when she watches this later and she she sees that we used that. Yep, that's awesome. Uh, how long have you been married? Uh, Sixteen years. Awesome. Any kiddos so, or animals or anything? Uh, five kids. Uh, four four of those kids are animals um, <laughs> and human beings at the same time. So no, I've, I got five kids um, and I got a dog and there's. Apparently, there's a rabbit in the basement that I don't ever see. So. That's funny. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> are you into coaching? Do you have to coach any sports teams? Or what's your involvement level with the kids? Like, what do they got you doing? Yeah. So, my, my son, uh, my 11-year-old's my really into baseball. Awesome. I mean, heavy into baseball. I played baseball a lot. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm involved with teaching him that. I've, I've got a 15-year-old that loves the golf, and I'm – I'm a golfer, so yeah. we, we practice in the backyard on, on some of the golf net stuff. And, um, you know, I haven't I haven't got the courage to take him out yet because he's not quite where he needs to be to, to actually play on the course, but we're getting there. Sweet. Um, and then uh, um, my youngest, five-year-old, he's, he's everywhere, man. Uh, he likes to play baseball, but, you know, his attention span is about as big as his pinky, so <laughs> it, it constantly changes. Um, and then my, my oldest two, uh, so I've got a, I've got a son, uh, that's, uh, 18 and a daughter that's 18. Um, and they're, they're kind of just getting ready to be adults in this world. And that's kind of weird for me. That's a little, <laughs> little crazy. So, yeah, cause it was probably just yeah. yesterday, right? You took them home, man. It was like, and it was like just yesterday I'm, I'm teaching them how to be an adult. And now I, I'm like, okay, you're an adult and I don't really have a lot of control over what you do now. So hopefully I prepared you to <laughs> be a good citizen and they haven't disappointed yet. So we'll, hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. I'm sure this is a much easier job, Synergy Solutions than uh, the, the dad part and getting little humans ready to be adults. <laughs> so and hands down, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> no, my job's a lot easier too. I've got two little girls. And so you put so much emphasis and stress on yourself that are you doing the right thing? Am I not doing enough too much? You know, all that kind of stuff. But man, that's awesome, John. You need to add a little bit of element of like when we were kids, we had WWF. So just get them introduced to like just beating the shit out of each other and fighting. That's like, <laughs> well, they, they do plenty of that. They got plenty of that. We have a, we have a balcony in our house and they're, it's, it's like this close for them jumping off that balcony on top of each other. So it's only a matter of time. You come in as peaches. <laughs> you really you really should see my wwe outfit maybe that's for a different podcast yeah, might be. <laughs> <laughs> all right johnny uh the business partner johnny john and johnny uh johnny tell us a little bit about yourself bud and a little bit of background and what led you to partnering with john love to hear that so i guess background wise i, I started out in trucking right out of high school um was a night dispatcher for for cisco foods kind of worked my way up through it for years uh you know learned how to drive back in trucks into doors and and you know once once i got the opportunity to drive outside of the yard i i did that and i've always loved trucking worked at, you know worked my way through mul multiple companies um 
you know, been a driver, been a transportation manager, been a VP of operations, um, just love trucking. So, you know, that's kind of how I got started. Um, John and I got hooked up because we, we worked together um, at a company called Shamrock Foods. And uh, I actually spent quite a bit of time trying to recruit John from another company. Finally got him to come on and, and uh, he did great, ended up, uh, uh, ran a territory for me and then came in and, and, and took over safety and did a fantastic job. And then we kind of went our own ways and got the opportunity actually over a bicycle to partner up. I uh, took a bike to donate. He was going to donate it to somebody he knew. And we started talking and talking about, you know, what he was seeing as he was a, a loss control specialist for insurance. Started talking about, you know, the challenges these smaller companies have and they can't go out and get $150,000 a year safety manager, but they need $150,000 a year safety manager. So we started talking about how do we provide, you know, that, that level of service to more than one place? You know, how do we fix more than one company? And, and we just, you know, I had a consulting company at the time and, you know, I, I started talking to him about coming over and, and, you know, he, uh, he burned his boat and, and jumped in and, <laughs> and, and we've been going like gangbusters ever since. And it's, it's a ton of fun. So, um, awesome. That, that's kind of, yeah, that's my background and that's how we got started. So you have a CB handle then? I, you know, I had one, um, I, ironically, I always thought this was from the fifties, but I, they used to call me moon because apparently there was a, a cartoon called moon Mullins. And when I Googled it, I found out it was in the twenties, not in the fifties. So I don't know how they knew about it because I don't think I would have known anything from the twenties, but that was what they always called me. And it wasn't, it wasn't cause oh. I earned it, you know, by, by, by giving somebody the moon, <laughs> even though I wish I had. <laughs> right. It's been a cool story, but it's your story. You can do whatever you want, man. I love it. That, that's sweet. So you did a little bit of a blue ocean strategy. It sounds like took um, some background and experience from John, his expertise, your area of expertise was consulting combined with the trucking, um, the mutual relationships and wanting to make a change and a difference there. So I, that's, that's amazing story. And that's how you get new companies and ideas born and change the industry. And the reason, so I had met John and then got introduced to Johnny um, was through social media, through LinkedIn. And um, we had made the connection there. And after he had sent me over what they do and provide and um, the, the resources and their passion that they share for the trucking industry, I got super excited about it because yes, coming from insurance like you, John, and being in insurance for myself, it's a huge void, especially in these um, newer companies or growing companies where they don't quite have enough revenue and enough trucks and employees to implement what they need to do, but they're going to have to, especially as they keep growing. And it really impacts, like you said, profit and bottom line. And you know, a truck or a culture that isn't safe or, you know, trucks that are constantly out of service or having maintenance issues or um, getting dinged with violations. I mean, that really impacts your drive time, time on the road, um, your downtime, more specifically on that, your out of service violations, which we all know insurance isn't cheap to begin with. So you're stacking your odds heavily against you when you start running into issues. So let's unpack a little bit about what the program does. And if, you are taking somebody that's green in a position to start growing. And then we'll, we'll also touch on, Hey, you're also a benefit for established people and you can be a resource for people even that have a safety department. So let's run through some of that yeah. and the benefits and features and what that looks like. So I'm a new, new trucking company. I need help. What am I looking at? What am I doing? Let's go through that. Absolutely. So I, I, you know, I think one of the, the important things that we do is, is we, we first initially do 
just just a deep dive on every customer and and you know my background started out in trucking and then obviously with with what johnny told you about i went into management and then into safety then into director of transportation where i managed the finances and the actual the business side of the the operation and then went into the insurance side so our whole approach is from every every perception of the industry we look at the driver's perception we look at the safety manager's perception we look at um, the owner of the company's perception and then we also look at the insurance company's perception plus the perception of the dot and then oh i have a wife that drives on the roads what are her what are her perceptions of the industry as well and so our safety management program pulls in all those perceptions and digs into every single one of them so we pull everything back with our customers so you're a brand new trucking company you come to us and say hey we we want you to manage our program we're going to we're going to dig in and understand do you have the basics in place so do you have basic policies do you have compliance do you have dq files do you have uh you know do you have a dot number to begin with right <laughs> just the basic stuff part of the that you're supposed to have yeah i mean are are you running a basic compliance program and then and then we take that program and we start ripping off scabs that are there we start ripping off every wound that you might have to understand is it being managed the way that you're supposed to manage it and then and then we dig into if if it's not there we we're going to develop it for you and so that initial really that initial first month or two that we're we're with a new customer it's it's identifying the exposures they have identifying any gaps in the safety program that exist that are are needed to meet the perception of every single person that's involved in the industry insurance dot the driver the the safety management um, team and then the people who are on the roadway that expect you to drive safe so you're protecting them as well and and we build your safety program with that perception in mind and and we help them develop it we we teach them how to manage it properly and then we're constantly keeping a pulse on it with them. We're constantly overseeing it and, and watching trends or watching accidents that sneak through and understanding why did that accident get in and how do we prevent it from happening again? Or why did this failure on compliance occur? We're, we're doing regular DOT reviews with our customers to make sure they're going to pass a DOT audit. Um, but, but building a process that helps them manage that so when they do get a surprise audit, there's nothing to worry about. And and they'll they'll pass that audit or they'll um, at least at least pass it with with minimal issues, right? Um, I mean, really, that's the, that's that's the start of what we do. And then we have a lot of customers. We we get into that and they're like, "Hey, we're struggling to manage cameras. Can you help us with that?" And so there's a section of our services that that we we manage um, camera behaviors, and we have a full time camera management department and synergy solutions that does nothing but manages the cameras and and we we gather data from those camera events that goes beyond what lytics or samsara or some of those other companies out there are even gathering we're, we're getting extremely granular into the behaviors how many has this driver actually had what caused the behavior to occur in the first place and we we give them some analytics and some data that will help drive and direct their program. And so that camera management department gives us the data on the safety management side. And then we go into their program. We say, okay, here's the trends that exist in your cameras. Here's what's missing in your program. And now we're going to build something to mitigate whatever's allowing that, that behavior to exist. Um, safety, safety is not a complicated 
um, task. Uh, we as humans complicate it. Um, and, and I think what we've done is simplified safety um, from a third-party perspective where it doesn't need to be terribly expensive and it's not terribly complicated to, to drive the results that you're looking for. Well, the struggle we, that new companies have is, you know, they you start the company because you know how to find freight or you have a niche, right? You, you know how, how you're going to make money. And then you realize I have to do compliance and I have to be safe. And, and then you get your insurance bill and, and you, you darn near pass out because your insurance is enormous because one, you're a new company or, or two, you have a bad run rate. And, and, you know, then they start understanding how much impact that has on them to be insurable and to be defendable. And that's, that's one of the things with everything we do, you know, at, at the end of it, you know, they're attractive to, to insurance companies. They're defendable in court if they do have an accident. You know, really focus on getting the stuff in there that says, hey, if, if my driver wrecks, this is, a, this is a mistake. This driver made a mistake. He's a good driver, but he made a mistake. It, it, it's not negligence. So it's, it's, it's really kind of gives them that part they didn't understand because they're good at usually whatever they're hauling. If it's dirt, cars, you name it, that, that's how they got in business. So like, I'm going to go make a bunch of money. And then all of a sudden people are taking their money and, and, and you know, we're able to come in there and say, wait a minute, we're going to help you keep that money. All right. That's uh, really awesome. And so that's basically um, how you're going to help the new companies so, from what I understand. So my thought here is based on all the things that you guys deep dive into to uncover, to help these guys build up a proper safety program, that you'd find a lot of those same issues, even with an experienced safety manager with some of the bigger fleets. Um, is that something that you find pretty regularly? And like, would you be able to really provide a lot of value to those people who are doing a good job? but maybe still have some gaps that they're not seeing? Uh, absolutely. We uh, Several of our customers are companies that have extremely strong safety departments and safety programs that were already in place. And, you know, one, one customer in particular, I, I knew them from the insurance um, world that I lived in. They, um, they hired us to just help advance their safety program. Um, because they felt like they've kind of plateaued and they couldn't really get past where they were at. Um, you know, we went in and and did our deep dive. And when I knew them from the insurance world, they I I thought they were best company I've ever seen. I mean, they were stellar. They had everything in place. It was amazing. But we found from our deep dive that they were still missing some stuff. In fact, they only met about forty-two to I think it was about forty-two to forty-three percent of our expectations of what a good company would be. And, and so we built this, this massive task list that was just our project management list that we wanted to attack all these various things to fill in the gap. And, and within a matter of three to four months, they had completed the entire list to where we had to go back in and do another deep dive to figure out what's next. How do we propel your, your, your program to the next level? And now we're working on stuff that companies have never even heard of, things that, that aren't very common in the, in the, the industry that you don't see in, in trucking companies or any transportation company for that matter. And so now we're working on really, really high, high level safety management processes that will just continue to drive their losses down and their loss runs are already amazing. Um, in fact, this company is, is really gearing towards being uh, self-insured because they've saved so much on their insurance and saved so much on losses that they have such a huge reserve in, in their financials that they're they're set up to be uh, fully self-insured in the next two years. And I mean, that's that's the ultimate dream of every transportation company really is to 
slowly get to the point where they can do something like that um, or get to the point where they fit the, the appetite of the more reputable captive insurance programs or, you know, some of the insurance programs that will, will provide a, a return on the investment in insurance. So um, we, we take those companies that are established all the time and, and just elevate them because there is always something that we can dig in and find and fix. And there's not a single, a single program out there that's not ready to be elevated to the next level. Um, and even with this company, this company received a congratulations letter from their insurance carrier when they came out to do a review and they said, we can't find anything wrong with your program. In fact, it was, uh, it was my replacement from the insurance that came out and did that. And there, there was nothing wrong. Like they couldn't find a single recommendation. But yet we were still finding and digging in and identifying ways that we could continue to advance that program and make it better. So um, even with that congratulations letter, they wanted to continue to improve and become something more than what they were today uh, so they could be that person tomorrow. Well, our, our process is we're a long-term partner. Yep. So we don't, we don't go in and consult for three months and charge them a huge amount of money and then tell them, hey, see you later. Um, you know, we partner up for, for typically two years. Um, you know, so we're invested in their, in their long-term. So like, you know, you think about this company continuously doing safety, you know, we're their partner. So when they come back and say, Hey, we've done this. Now we want to do some more. We'll do as much or as little as they want from us. So once they, once they get to that point where they're, you know, they're good, if they want to say, Hey, you know, we just want you to keep an eye on us and, you know, come in once a quarter and help us with training. That's what we'll do. If they say, Hey, we want you more engaged and we want to keep on going. We're excited about that. We would, we, you know, you know, this company, we want them to be the best company, you know, best trucking company in the country as far as safety. We want to be part of that journey. But we also have customers who go, hey, I'm good enough. I'm happy. I'm insurable. I'm, I'm, I'm defendable. I've done the stuff I'm supposed to do. You know, just be here when I need you. And, and, you know, it depends on the role they want from us. But we're a long-term partner. So we're there whenever they need us. Yeah, so just to, to kind of recap that uh, average time frame that you guys would typically partner up to build a more successful program for any of these uh, carriers out there is around two years. And then partnership would be more or less um, on a um, all the cart basis, so to speak, for your services. Um, how long does the initial review tend to take? I mean, obviously, de depending on the size of the fleet. Uh, but is it uh, typically done within the first like five to six months where you guys can identify the problem areas and then begin to build the program, uh, you know, remedy the next three months so you guys can deliver some actionable intelligence to these carriers, you know, within nine months or six months, three months? How does that kind of look? It, it's a lot faster than that, actually. We actually, the first week of, of our on-site visit, we've already identified the majority of the exposures and and we've already provided them with an action list an action plan um, with a priority list of here's what we're going to work on first and then here's where we're going to work on next and we take it in, in small breadcrumbs because if you shove the entire program down their throats in one week <laughs> they're gonna they're, they're gonna burn out right um so we we gather with the low-hanging fruit first and work on the easy stuff that's that's easy to pluck off and, and, and implement that won't disrupt the drivers and, and not shake up the culture. Um, we want to make sure we turn the culture boat for, for these drivers on, on safety properly. Um, as we all know, drivers are, it, it's a sensitive subject when you start changing up how things are done. And so we want to, we want to transition them in and almost transition drivers in where they don't notice it. It's just slowly being implemented 
to where it just becomes part of the regular the regular day, part of the regular the regular habit. So every month we're just adding just a small bite of the program, um, but in the background we're just doing a ton of work with with management, ton of work with um, with ownerships, um, and and if they have a safety manager, a ton of work mentoring the safety manager how to be more effective in in their program. But that first week we already know what we're doing, and we already know the the action plan. And then it's really just piecing in the small chunks of that action plan over time. And John, I have to imagine that um, as the culture changes, it's a small world trucking, right? And these drivers start to see the impact of the change, see the environment get better for them to work for this company. It does a couple of things. I'm guessing you, maybe you can correct me, is you're probably getting feedback that they're actually recruiting drivers to come work for them. And yeah, these yeah. drivers are talking about how great it is. Hey, we've got this, you know, great company we work for. They truly care about us. They've made our lives better. They make the public safer. They now have a deeper meaning to go to work. And I'm guessing that they're getting people that want to come work for them just by implementing this. You're absolutely right. And and we, we teach our customers all the time. You're, drivers are human beings, right? And they're just like our kids. And if we let our kids just run wild with no boundaries and no guidelines and no securement of expectations, uh, your kids are, are going to struggle. They're going to, they're going to struggle emotionally, mentally, physically, they, they will struggle. And so when we walk into a program that has zero boundaries, zero guidelines, zero, uh, expectations, um, you, you typically don't, you don't, you don't keep those drivers. They go somewhere else. They leave because they don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. It doesn't feel like home when you have those boundaries or don't, when you don't have those boundaries or guidelines. So right out of the gate, the first thing we're doing with these companies is we're teaching them, here's the boundaries and guidelines we need to put into place. Here's the, the policies and procedures that need to be in place. Now let's go out and teach your drivers these policies and procedures and give them some 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 comfort and knowing there's some expectations that they can meet and expectations that we're going to meet as management as well to ensure that they have full-time work here and and that we're not going to get shut down because of a DOT audit. We're not going to get shut down because of an accident that we, we each have some accountability in the safety program. You know, this company that we mentioned before, we, we actually went out and, and met with their drivers and had their drivers help us build their camera management program. It's their program. It's not the company's program. It's the driver's program. Cameras are there to protect our drivers. And, and the benefit of cameras is that it eventually does protect the company, but realistically it's there for the driver's protection. And that's been our approach from the, the get-go. The safety program is the protection for drivers. They need to be involved as much in the development of that program as anybody else. And, and when we do that and we involve the driver force in that program, now we've just empowered them to have some ownership in the safety and we've empowered them to be more than just drivers. And I think that's what's missing in the industry. And so when you have that culture built, it does attract the better drivers because they want to be part of something bigger than just driving a truck. They want to contribute to the, the problems that exist in the industry. Yeah, and I think they genuinely care, right? They're kind of taking an oath to protect the public when they get their CDL or get behind the wheel, and they're compassionate, and, you know, that that's what everyone wants, is they want to get from point A to point B and get there safely and get their job done and get home at night. So, yeah, I think that that's awesome. I think you had touched on a couple of things, too. You implement it in bite-sized chunks slowly, 
not not to just create this huge shockwave of change within the organization, but another key component there is as a leader or a business owner, which is primarily most likely who we're talking to, is you don't need buy-in from your drivers. You just need to implement and let the the results speak for themselves and get the buy-in on your behalf. And so I think a lot of people are scared to make these changes because of the old potential attitude or the uh, existing culture, good or bad, is they're going to be resistant or hesitant to change. So now, Johnny, is that where you come in with your consultation background and like consult with some of these owners to implement or tell us a little bit about how that interaction goes with the company owners and leaders or safety managers? So we always find we go in, you know, typically if if they don't have that management experience, you know, coming from big companies where we got lots of training, we had lots of drivers and lots of developed rules. You get in, the, in these, you know, smaller companies and in the, in these, you know, privately owned companies and, and they're not used to that, you know, so we, we spend a lot of time with them. We spend a lot of time developing them. You know, one of the first things we built was uh, behavioral change training. You know, we went out, we, we actually hired a teacher to help us with it and we built some training on how to coach a driver. And, and, you know, the, the first training we did with, with one of our customers, we did a hands-on afterwards and they had to coach a driver and the, he got the, the safety manager got to play the driver. And the first thing out of his mouth is, well, I'll quit. So we have training for that. You know, we train them to deal with that. We, cause they have that fear. They have that fear of having that conversation about I'm changing the culture or I expect, you know, I, I, I saw something that you, you need to improve their worries. Well, if I say something, that driver's going to quit, which, you know, John was dead on, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to work, uh, play for the team that has the first round, the first pick in the draft. Everybody wants to play for the team that goes to the Super Bowl. So you want to be the team that goes to the Super Bowl from a safety standpoint. And, and that that's rules. And that's telling somebody when they, when they made a mistake, that's telling somebody what a good job looks like and, and holding them accountable because they want to be a professional driver. So we spent a lot of time with the owners and with supervisors coaching them through that. And, and, and even I would tell you, you know, John's probably one of the best people, person I've ever seen in front of a driver having a conversation with a t- tough driver. So, you know, at times he'll, you know, when we have a new customer, he'll be in the room with that, with that manager, having that conversation with that driver. And then we'll coach that manager afterwards about, see, you know, having this, being honest with them about their behavior, being honest with them about their driving habits. You know, um, we teach them a lot about, you know, you're doing this because you care. You know, I'm talking to you about your following distance or about your talking on your cell phone when you're driving down the highway because I care about you, because I don't want you to get hurt, because I don't want you to be in danger, you know, and we kind of go through those things and, and, and sometimes it is standing next to them because they, they've just never done that. You know, they've, they might've had kids and managed their kids, but they might've been a driver and then they started the company and now they got to manage drivers. And that's, that's usually a, t- a tough task. Yeah, and a lot of people take that route, I think. You get a truck or you're a driver, you get your own truck, and next thing you know, you're a business owner yep. without without knowing what you don't know, which hopefully is if somebody's on this podcast or listening, they're investing their time into getting better or learning or seeing what's out there to help them get tools and operate a better business. So this is exactly the perfect conversation for that. Another thing you touched on too, which I don't think, and this is a little bit of a higher level conversation and maybe for the companies that are 25, 50 trucks and beyond is a captive program or self-insuring. You know, all these trucking companies that you talk to that 
are starting out is like, well, my, you know, I know XYZ company, they pay their own insurance and they do this. And like, it's, yeah, it's doable with a lot of money in the bank. Or if you can partner with the best captive programs and, and what we work with are about 50 trucks or more really kind of the spot that you need to be at in order to get a captive going. But man, with something like this implemented and you guys wanted to bring, if I had a captive, which is something we'll chat about, you know, probably offline is, you know, let's get this captive put together. And in order for another person to be part of this captive, guess what? They need a solution like you guys and they need to implement and you guys need to give us a passing like certified score of X of 70 or better for them to even qualify. And we know that that's going to produce money and returns back to the captive program, which effectively you're getting rewarded for being safe. You're not just leaving it at the mercy of the insurance company to pay you what they think you're worth or, or premiums are worth. So I love that you touched on that. That's really where, where, you know, some of this idea came from too, was, you know, when I, when I was in the insurance world, a lot of the customers that I was talking to, some of them were in captives, um, particularly in the, in the towing world. And, you know, they're part of a captive group and, and they struggled with managing their safety. And, um, you know, there's, there's some expectations when you're in those captive groups that, that the entire group wants you to meet. And so if you don't have those basic expectations already in place, you're not even, you're not even considered for that captive insurance. And, my whole drive is to take every one of our customers that we work with and make sure that they're captive insurance ready. Um, so, so if they do want to pull the trigger on that, they've already got everything in place. And so some of those captives have risk assessments that they, that they do in order to get into the captive program. And, and if you're already meeting that or exceeding the expectations of that risk assessment long before you're even approached for the captive, uh, you're, you're golden. You're, you're almost a shoe in for those better insurance, um, program. So that's been a huge drive of mine. And really what I base our, our whole approach off of is let's make you captive ready. And in the process, when we do that, we're, we're making you more defendable. So we're fighting against the plaintiff attorneys of the industry and, and we're fighting against the, the career lawsuits that exist. And, and then we're, we're fighting against the regulations that are constantly changing, that are constantly putting more restrictions on you. If we can make those restrictions as light and easy as possible because you're adhering to them with processes that are effective and easily managed, you have nothing to worry about. Go build your business. Add more trucks. That's what you wanted to do in the first place was to grow your business to 20, 30, 50, 60, 100 eventually 6,000 trucks, right? We want to be the prime inks of the world, but yet we don't have the prime ink program or the prime ink um, foundation first. And that's, that's what we got to help them develop. And we, we could take all these little companies that are coming in that have 10, 15, 20 trucks and get them to the point where they don't worry about the, the safety program and they don't worry about their insurance and they don't worry about DOT. And all they worry about is where am I going to find my next truck? Which that's, that's the trouble right now, right? We can't find yeah, trucks. Yeah, that's a big trouble. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't solve that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll be on to something if we can solve that, man, overnight. That would be uh, <laughs> that would be crazy there. So, yeah, and I think that, 
Yeah, and, and captive is a little high level, so we'll kind of jump off of that topic just because I don't want to deep dive that. But you did mention too, like, hey, we want to get you best in class or this company that quote unquote was best in class wants to get better. And from the standpoint of being defendable, especially in these venues such as Florida, Texas, California, some of the nasty venues that are coming up with this nuclear verdict and all of a sudden you got $20 million lawsuits and stuff getting thrown around. This is why it's important and this is what saves companies from A, going out of business or bankrupt or you having to fork out millions of dollars out of your company in the event of an accident is because they deep dive into the driver file maintenance, the hiring practices, your handbooks, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is what you're telling me you guys are doing. So I think that the that value right there, whether or not the company owner understands or realizes that or not, they need to, especially if they want to be a real player. That's how you protect yourself, you know, and you can't have the attitude of, well, that's what I pay insurance for. It's like, sure, that's fine, but you're going to pay an astronomical premium in insurance after the first time that happens. Good luck, you know, because what happens with a fatality, John? You're from the insurance world. They show fatalities on there and poor DOT um, practices. I mean, what happens to them? Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, I've been on the other side of, of some of that stuff and we've we've dropped We've dropped yeah. customers on, on the insurance side because they weren't meeting some of these basic expectations. Yeah. Um, and on the insurance side, that was my job. My job was to identify the exposures that, that were high risk for the insurance company and give recommendations to underwriting of what we should do. Should we should we keep the account? Should we get off the account? And in my experience, uh, it's always no from an underwriter. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just go, why did we even write that business? They don't even have a DOT number and we still wrote it. Yeah. Um, but people don't realize know, that. And a lot of trucking companies, I don't think, understand how that impacts them as a business owner, which if you, if you peel the layers back and think, okay, I'm a business owner, which provides for my family, my future generation, my employees' families, their future generations, the communities that they live in, um, you know, it, it just kind of keeps going down, going down the line. Plus also, you know, priority or number one priority is safety of the driver and the public, right? So I think all this stuff is um, like a must have. So, and you guys will do a single truck, right? Like if, if there was a small operation, one, two trucks or a mom and pop shop, um, you guys help them as well. So what's, what's actually incredible about that question there, Cameron, is we are in the process of getting ready to launch a Synergy Solutions safety co-op um, that is going to be exactly for those small guys, the one, two Zs, um, anybody really that has less than 10 trucks and maybe it might even be a little bit higher, less than 15 trucks can buy into the safety co-op for a very small monthly fee and have access to uh, monthly training, have access to training for the drivers, have access to drug and alcohol consortium and drug and alcohol testing, have access to um, DQ file management and DQ file management processes, have access to policies and procedures th that would be developed for them. And, and it's on a very... Uh, just a very simple platform that can be e easily managed either online or, or um, and that's the intent is it's, it's going to be online and they're covered. Um, and then when we identify, Hey, we've got some issues in there that, that they need some deeper help with, we'll reach out to them directly and say, Hey, here's what we can do for you. 
and it might be on a project management basis type fee that's really nominal based off their size of, of fleet to, to just help them uh, establish a good program. Um, our, our whole drive from the start has been, uh, we, we just, we care about this industry. We have a strong care and love for the people in this industry. And we, we have zero advocates out there for, for most of these, these company owners. FMCSA, we, we want to think that they're an advocate, but really they're issuing DOT numbers and then coming in and doing an audit saying, hey, you're screwed up. We're going to shut you down if you don't fix it. There's really no support to make sure these, these companies are successful. And quite frankly, without them, our, our country would struggle. And we, we need more. We need more people to come into the industry to help keep America moving. And they're some of the hardest working people we've ever dealt with. And my dad drove truck. My brother still drives truck. Um, I just think our, our compassion and care for the industry, it, it, it outweighs anything else that we can achieve. So if there's an opportunity to help somebody, we're going we're gonna to figure it out and make sure that we can, we can make it affordable for them to get the help they need. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a, lo- a lot to unpack too. I mean, you guys have a wealth of knowledge that you guys will be able to provide all of your clients. This is really wonderful. Um, so, a couple follow up questions to a couple things. Um, number one, you're talking about um, developing a culture of safety within the organization as they grow. Um, you know, current established companies they're going to have a lot of change that they're going to need to go through. What do you guys do to kind of reinforce those good habits so when your, you know, uh, two years is up, that they are able to maintain those good habits after your guys' partnership? Uh, and then also, do you have any kind of metrics on the success rate after you guys have, you know, uh, parted ways, how successful those companies maintain their books? Do you guys ever do any, you know, follow-ups with them? Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you want to answer that or you want me to answer? I, I can jump in a little bit. So. Um, you know, we, we, right now, you know, we started, we, we, we've been in business or doing safety for about a year or so. Um, you know, we don't have anybody we've, we parted ways with yet. Um, and, and if they choose not to part ways, they don't have to, but the way we approach safety is we build it into your standard operating processes because, because safety can't be something that you have to do. It has to be something that happens organically. So, you know, one, a good example is we give everybody a, a, an onboarding check sheet. So the check sheet goes through, here's all the things you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do when you send this person an application. Here's what you need to do at the interview. Here's what you're going to do when you start them. And it's just a checklist so they don't forget it. Because if they're small, they might hire a driver every nine months if they're lucky. Um, So we want to give them simple processes. So when they go, hey, I have to do this process, safety is already built into that process. It's built into how they do business. So, So it's not something they have to remember to do. It's something that just naturally happens, like having somebody fill out direct deposit. So really focus on that process management because safety is a process. So many companies get stuck on, I have a safety manager and it's all that person's responsibility to do all this stuff. And then they fail. You know, the dispatcher has to do safety. The HR person has to do safety. The owner has to do safety. The mechanic, everybody who touches anything in that business has to have the safety built into their process. So that's really where we go. And so we get involved in all the aspects of the business. You know, our goal is, is that ultimately if they say, hey, we, we don't need you anymore, at, at that two-year mark, they, they can go do what they want. You know, they can move on and, and we can be proud of who they are and they can just keep on growing. Because, you know, John, John touched on it. If you, if you get it in their processes, 
they stop worrying about it. It's not, I got to do safety. It's, I got to go find me another truck, another driver, another load. I can go from five trucks to 50 trucks, um, which is a little difficult with insurance companies sometimes because they don't want you to grow super fast, but, <laughs> but we want to get them in that, in that yeah. role. And we want to make sure everybody knows kind of does, it's just the way they always do things. Ultimately safety is just built into the fabric of how they always did it. Okay. Well, I also think it's important to recognize that the the deep dive that we do with them at the start, we're doing that on an ongoing basis as well. So we have benchmarks throughout that two-year agreement. So we do it initially, and then at six months, we're going to do another deep dive or a medium dive onto various sections of the safety program to do an audit to make sure that whatever we've implemented is actually being utilized and that it's that it's being utilized effectively. Um, when we get to the one-year mark, we're going to do the exact same deep dive we did at the very beginning. So we're going to we're going to come in and do a full review of the entire program, and and our review process includes a report and also you know strategic questions that we ask and strategic things that we will actually do an audit on to make sure the process is effective. And if there's any gaps, we're going to put them on a project management list and we're going to attack them. Um, yeah, it's kind so, of a, so we're constantly uh, keeping a pulse. It's kind of a joke among some of our customers because one of the things that happens is we'll say, do you, do, you, do you have this in place? And they'll say, sure. And we'll say, okay, well, let's, let's see it. So if they don't document it, they don't have it. So it's it's always a joke with the customers because John will say, do you have that document? No. They'll say, we don't do it. Because ultimately, if you go you know, if you go to court, if you got to defend yourself, that's exactly what that attorney looks for. You say, you know, I train every driver in defensive driving. Well, do you have a sign-off? No. <laughs> to document that, well, then you don't do it. If you can't prove it, you don't do it. So it, it becomes that deal of they just get in the habit of that. And it's kind of a funny thing with our customers of, you know, John will say, do you have the documented? And they'll go, oh, we, we don't do it. Because <laughs> in theory, <laughs> yeah. they do, but in reality, they don't, or, or at least they don't record it. So it's kind of funny. That's awesome. Now, do you guys do, what would it look like? So you hire a company or a company hires you, I should say, do you do an onsite? Is it virtual? On-site. Has it changed with COVID? Like, what does that look like? Hey, can I take this John real quick? No, I, um, yeah, please. I, I would tell you. So, so I get to witness this. So, you know, when John, when John worked in the insurance world, that's part of what he did. He went in and, and did, did this risk observation or, or, you know, risk assessment on a, on a, on a client. Um, that's essentially what we do when we start, but it's, it's, it's really, um, it's a risk assessment on steroids, for lack of a better term. Um, get into every aspect of what they do. I mean, the details, DQ files, training, driver application. We look at absolutely everything they do and question everything they do and ask for examples. You know, John asks for examples of everything they do and looks at it and, and figures out, are you 100% in this? And so like when he said a good company was 42%, you know, that's, they're doing a lot of the good stuff, but when he starts delving into it, it's, do you have it documented? Do you have the right form? Are you doing every single step when you're supposed to on every driver? Um, and, 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 you know, when he says rip, rip off scabs, a lot of stuff comes up. A lot of stuff companies think they do or think they have covered, they don't. And so we're able to find that and then, then create a work list to go, Hey, let's, let's build this into the fabric of what you do. So, so we don't come in a year from now and go, well, you said you do this, but you don't actually do it. So it's, it's, it's incredibly detailed. It's a full day that, that, that onsite is typically anywhere from six to eight hours. Um, you know, if they're bigger, it might, might even be longer. It includes transportation. It includes the shop. You know, we, we do some, some OSHA, uh, observations while we're there. So it's a little bit of everything. It, well, it's a lot of everything. 
Um, so when we walk out, we go, hey, this is this is what you would look like if you were a fantastic, you know, safety company. And now we're going to make a path to get you there. And we're going to start attacking the stuff that that's that's really the the high level or some of the low hanging fruit, but then the stuff that's the biggest riskiest stuff first and work our way down. Okay. So on, on site for the big one and then a combination, I'm guessing a virtual phone or whatever um, on the ongoing. So we, it, it really all depends on what our customers need. So we have, we have a customer that, you know, we, our contract is quarterly on site visits and then, um, and then monthly uh, meetings and then everything else in the background we're doing, we're doing remotely, obviously. Um, but, but, they they asked, hey, we we want you on site more. So we've we've arranged to be on site once a month, and and then we have biweekly meetings with them where we meet um, we meet via Zoom and we go through the Gantt chart and we discuss here here's all the items that we're working on. Here's what you guys need to do. Here's what Synergy's doing, um, just to keep a pulse on the on the progress of the of the actual program. Um, so we don't have a set standard of what it's going to be. Besides, hey, you're going to get a minimum of a quarterly visit and a minimum of a monthly meeting with us via Zoom, and then all the other background stuff, you know, happens. Uh, one of our consultants that works for us, he he's on site with his customer twice a week. Um, they're local to us, and so he has the capability of being there more frequently, and that's what they need to help them get through the first little bit of the program. So if, if their needs require more than a quarterly visit, that's that's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about with them and, and establish. Nice. Well, that's a perfect answer to that. And they get a chance to see Peaches live and living color, too, it sounds like. Yes, sir. It, I'll tell you, man, my <laughs> my on-site visits are like the Kool-Aid man coming through the wall and just kicks the door in. <laughs> and, and he... He, you know, he slaps some people around a little bit and they're like giving them hugs afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly, it's exactly what it's like. And I remember the first time Johnny went, went, went with me on a visit and he's like, holy crap, man. He's like, he's like, you literally came in, kicked the door in, punched everybody in the face and they all got up and gave you a hug. It, it was just, it, it, it's. Well, we're not afraid to have the bold conversations and have the bold, the bold, hey, you're not doing this, and this is why I'm here. I'm going to help you fix this. Yeah. And and we have no problem calling somebody out and calling them out on their faults, but then but then telling them that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna build you into something bigger tomorrow than what you are today. Yeah. And if if you're on board, we're gonna take you there. If you're not, you know, we're gonna get you on board because th- this is where the company needs to go. No, I like that. Um, you kind of beat them and then run them a warm bath afterwards. You're like, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <They're good. laughs> put, a, put a steak on their bruises. I like and, it. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you Real guys, up. you know, end up working together with Synergy, you have to expect that they're going to find something and that you're going to get punched in the face a little well, bit. So, you know. And you're probably yeah, paying. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, you'd want it. That's what you're paying for, too. If they're doing exactly. everything perfect or you know, in theory, they don't need you, but nobody's doing it perfect. Like you said, you guys have the best in class or better than best in class. And like, you're still finding things that they can do better constantly. And it's always going to change or evolve as companies needs change and evolve or the um, logistics change. I mean, there's going to be so many things as, as it goes that always updates and changes use of technologies, cameras, that kind of stuff. So um, man, that's great. So what is the best way for folks if they want to learn more, if they want to set up a conversation, consultation, look into your services, where do we direct people? Where do they go? Who do they talk to? 
Yeah, so we we got a couple places they can go. They can uh, they can go to our website. Um, it's synergy-solutionsllc.com. Um, they can submit a request there for more information. They can they can learn more about who who we are, a little bit about our background there, um, our services. We have a page that that describes what we do. And there's also a page that um, shows the current customers that that we're working with. Um, it's got it probably needs to be updated. We probably have about five or six we need to add to that still. Um, and then uh, there's also a blog there, some articles that we write about some of the things we've done and, and different things that we've achieved. Um, LinkedIn is always a great great place um, to, to find us as well. So we're on LinkedIn as Synergy Solutions. Um, I think it's Synergy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn as well, or they can go directly to our individual LinkedIn pages as well. How do you find that most people find out about you guys? Is it word of mouth currently or? We, we are doing zero advertising. It is 100% okay. word of mouth. We have an insurance carrier that it's promoting our services for us. Um, we get a lot out there. Uh, word of mouth of our current customers just talking to their friends in the industry. Um, and then just people that we know um, that we've dealt with in the past um, that know what we're doing have reached out to us and asked us to come in and and meet with them. That's awesome. What's on the horizon? Anything that people should expect to see from you guys coming up? Is there any um, thing next year that's changing or shifting in the marketplace or anything that you guys want to share? Well, we're uh, we're in the process of building. I think John might have touched on it. We're building training. So, you know, I said we hired some teachers to build supervisor yeah. training. We're building driver training. And our antenna is early next year to roll out driver training. So we'll have a, a package of four classes for onboarding, uh, one of those is defensive driving. Uh, there'll be twelve. There'll be initially twelve shorts of the defensive driving, so full-blown defensive driving class, and then twelve shorts. And our intention is, every time they hire a driver, electronically, we're going to send a driver training, onboarding training, so they automatically get it. And then in the background, every month, we're going to send every driver that we manage um, training. It's going to be about a five-minute short probably on defensive driving or on some safe driving rules or winter driving when winter comes, but we're automatically gonna, gonna push out a safety meeting every month to all the drivers. So they won't have to do anything. They'll just be drinking coffee in their office and their drivers will get training. So we're really excited about that. Um, you know, and like I said, we hired some teachers to help us with that because, you know, we're safety people. We can give you all the, com yeah. all, you know, all the, everything that goes in the class. And if we teach it, you can take a good nap while we're teaching it. So we got some people who know how to really high school teachers that know how to deal with, with, you know, keeping people awake and keeping people, in, you know, engaged yeah. and helping them remember when it, when it's done. So it's going to be real exciting. I feel like y'all need to connect with uh, next generation in trucking. They were, uh, guest on the podcast and they have a high school class for truck driving. So Dave Dine over there, is a, he's a great guy. So yeah. you guys should reach out and connect with them. I think that that would present a unique opportunity there. So absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, something for us to be, be on the lookout in the industry right now is, is, you know, changes in the entry level driver training coming up here in, in February of 2022. We, okay. we already are struggling to, get good drivers in the door. So we need to, as an industry, get creative with how we attract new drivers. How do we get the younger generation in? And so that that uh, next generation uh, training that was on your podcast, I think is is the way to do it. And, um, you know, we're, we're gonna see a, a larger hurt of getting good drivers in the door. And so for, for me, it's, we gotta focus on it, on, 
changing the industry and making these drivers proud to be part of this industry again. And, and I think the way to do that is to build good programs and processes that they can stand by. Yeah. And what a great industry it is. That's what brought us yeah. all here today. Yep. That's why we're here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, so one of the parting uh, gifts that we'll leave with the audience, and really it's a question for you guys, and you guys can both answer, individually answer, collaborative, it doesn't matter. But let's say we had a billboard or a plane flying through the sky with a message. What would your message to the audience be? And it could be anything you want. I'll let you go first, Johnny. Uh, you we'll know, separate. for me, it's 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 get back to that, you know, being a driver is a, is a profession, just like being a doctor, just like being anything else. And, and we need to get back to that culture. I, you know, when I got my CDL, I told everybody I knew, you know, I grew up watching Smokey and the Bandit and Convoy and, and love trucks. And, and I think we have to get back to that culture of being proud to be a truck driver, of not being the scourge of the road, of being the knights of the road, you know, being that the best drivers out there, the people that you want to have show up when you have a problem. Um, you know, and I think that's what we have to do as an industry, you know, get out there, you know, remind them this isn't, you're not working at Subway, you're driving a truck, you're doing something that, that not everybody can do. It's a skill. And, and I think that's, that's really my message. That's what I would have on there. Driving's a skill. Wow. Preach. I love it. All right, John, mm. Peaches, let's uh, hear it. So, so it, it, you know, I think my message for the world would be, uh, would be, um, be the change that you're asking for. Um, you know, everybody wants to see improvement, but nobody wants to get their hands dirty to improve. So if, if you're tired of how something's being done, be the change you're asking for, go out and do it. Um, or the other, the other uh, billboard would, would say burn your boat because that's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. So. Awesome. Well, guys, sincerely, I thank you guys for taking time out of your day, coming on the podcast. Um, I know for me, there was a ton of nuggets in there to unpack. Hopefully the listeners gathered a thing or two. More importantly, hopefully they actually take action, reach out to you guys and check out what you guys have to offer because I think it's amazing. And it's going to put so much money back in the pocket of these companies and overall just make them a, a better company to work for and, and strive long term. So, um, Thomas, I appreciate you hopping in. So, um that concludes the episode of this. You can follow us on Facebook. We got to get a load of this trucking Facebook group. Uh, as John said, we're on LinkedIn and pretty much on all the major platforms. So uh, when this rolls out, we'll get it to you guys and you can share it. Thank you guys. Awesome, man. All right, thank thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.